I'm 20 years old. I live in central urban North Carolina. I am a Marxist. I'm an internationalist. I fall under the category of, you know, left communist. I support the positions of the communist left as it has developed out of the third international into, you know, the modern day. So at the end of the day, you can call me a left com. Everyone else does too. I call myself that just to make things easy because it's a lot of historical baggage there. I went to a school which is kind of hippy dippy. A lot of, I guess they're all progressives now, but it was just kind of, you know, anti Bush liberals teaching me stuff. You know, when I was nine, the economy crashed. When I was 12, Occupy Wall Street was in full swing. So I kind of, grew up politically in that post-Bush, first-term Obama environment. Uh, I was an edgy kid. I was an only child. So, you know, 4chan was where I would unfortunately end up. But I never really fell for the whole like, oh, all these Tumblr people are subhuman degenerates. I never fell for all of that. Even in my whole like, you know, I'm not a social justice warrior. I don't believe in any of that. Even then, you know, I never went as far as any other people because I, I grew up around a lot of marginalized people and I had experiences with them and I, I knew they weren't the whole caricature that was being presented. So I really entered online spaces through that and then I moved away from that. You know, my first real online political engagement outside of making like, oh, two genders uh, jokes was like Lefty Pole on 8chan. I mainly use Instagram, Twitter. I stopped touching Facebook a long time ago. From lefty poll to Instagram, there's really an in-between transition, which was on a Kick Messenger, which now is famous for having that whole grooming scandal where tons of men were grooming underage girls and boys in public groups. And from lefty poll, I just kind of got interested in socialism. I got interested in you know, the big bad C word of communism. And this was around the time of the election. So obviously Bernie Sanders was picking up steam like you, nobody would have expected. But, you know, from there it kind of became lefty poll. And then I would go in public groups on kick, you know, I'd just look up socialism or I'd look up communism. My first real stance politically was, you know, democratic socialism. And from there, I kind of started to move toward anarchism because i was very afraid of marxism i couldn't wrap my head around it because you know it, oh the soviet union was marxist and they were bad so <laughs> you know i don't want to associate myself with that i would hate to be responsible for that i started on instagram in general in 2012 i want to say i was a little kid and i was like oh i've got a phone i'm gonna be on instagram I would use my personal to, you know, follow people that I got from, you know, looking up their kick username. Gulag with a human face was one of those figures where I looked him up and I was like, oh, oh, he's got Instagram too. Well, I guess I'll follow him here and I'll make all these political jokes on my main Instagram where all these people who have known me since I was 12 follow me. That was still when I was kind of an anarchist. I kind of evolved into sort of a bookchinite communalist. I read The Next Revolution by Bookchin and I was like, oh my God, this guy is right. The, the proletariat doesn't exist anymore. Uh, we need radical democracy. Because of course, you know, once again, I, I came up during Occupy Wall Street and I saw a lot of 
radical democracy there. So I was like, oh my God, we just need to sort of do it more. So that was really my jump to uh, Instagram. I founded an account when I realized that Marxism wasn't such a bad thing. Uh, that was July 12th, 2017 was my first post. I guess I'm curious, before Lefty Poll, before, I mean, before you even got online, did you have any kind of maybe naive political leanings? My house has always been a blue household, kind of an apolitical household. It really was sort of that growing up where I became... I don't want to say fully politicized, but more politically aware than the, the average child. Do you spend any time on YouTube? And what content producers do you like? I do spend time on YouTube. You know, mainly apolitical, or they used to be. I'm subscribed to Lindsay Ellis, the nostalgia chick, because I subscribed to her when she was the nostalgia chick, because, you know, I was a little kid who thought Nostalgia Critic was the funniest guy in the world. So I had to follow everyone who was channel awesome related and now she's doing like things that are like oh this is a political understanding of blah 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 do do english major essays no offense to all the english majors out there <laughs> uh jack saint is a guy i've been watching recently i really loved his uh video on b stars i'll watch philosophy tube and i'll watch i'll like listen to some people's videos cuck philosophy i'll listen to him when i'm at work because i've got headphones in I do listen to podcasts, and I, I can't find one that I agree with entirely. Like Rev Left Radio, I listen to them. Cosmopod, which is the podcast for Cosmonaut Magazine. Shit Platypus Says from the Platypus Affiliated Society. Been listening to a bit of Mark's Madness. Red Scare. Um, you know, Red Scare. I, I think they make good points sometimes, and then other times, I just don't know what they're talking about. What about Discord? Are are you active on Discord? I realize we're on the call now, but in general, do you participate in Discord communities? I do. I tend to keep a lot of my conversations on Discord casual just because, you know, I'm already debating a million other people on a million other platforms talking about all sorts of stuff. So it's nice to just kind of get into you know, a server where people share your beliefs and sometimes we can talk about them. Sometimes we'll talk about literally anything else. A lot of the other left comms on Instagram were, we would, we would always get into debates with Maoists in the comments and we basically just convinced them that we were going to do something on January 5th. <laughs> and we were like, Oh, don't be a Maoist on Politogram on January 5th, 2019. Worst mistake of my life. And that, that never went anywhere because we had no plan. We just The whole plan was to bluff the entire time. I tend to post rarely. The last time I post was in April. And that was you know just a little joke about the uh, United Front tactic and the Third International. A lot of the stuff on my feed is I'm scrolling through right now. Uh, Brad showed up. What's up, Brad? That's your buddy, Brad, there. Yeah, the stuff that just kind of shows up now is still, you know, it's sort of the post-irony, but with a self-awareness to it, really. I think that's really where the uh, evolution of Politogram has been lately, gaining self-awareness and realizing, you know, what you're doing is just posting shit on the internet. At the end of the day, you know, you can take shots at people, but you're just also posting shit on the internet. The ICC which I will preface this with, I am not currently a member. I am in close contact and I definitely sympathize with their positions. However, I am not 
a member in the proper sense. I don't engage in the internal function of the organization. I simply kind of help out on the ground. So the ICC is the International Communist Current. And this is an organization which was formed in 1975 in kind of the aftermath of the May 68 generation. And it was formed to take on the tasks of the era, inherited from uh, GCF, the communist left of France. You know, you can trace it back through different militants all the way back to the Italian Communist Party. And the, the tasks in 1975, which remain to this day because we haven't seen a revolutionary situation, are basically to theoretically clarify the past and to provide a perspective for the present in preparation for a future revolutionary organization such as the party. The ICC does not claim to be the party, and it doesn't claim to be the only nucleus of the party, but the work it does is in preparation for a future party. I actually first got in contact with them in 2018. Late 2018, early 2019, I really started to talk with them. I would meet with them. I would uh, show up on the uh, digital portions of public meetings because they would have, you know, the English speaking section which pretty much only consists of England, would have uh, public meetings in London where anyone was welcome to come. You know, someone would bring their laptop and I would be on the laptop. I'd be talking to them. I've attended climate meetings, climate demonstrations with, you know, ICC literature in hand. I attended an anti-war rally when we were, you know, looking like we were going to go to war with Iran. I managed to start a chant in the middle of the march of uh, no war but class war. When I, you know, talk with the ICC, they're like, you know, dude, make sure you're like taking it easy. You still have a public life. You've still got a private life. And it's, you know, it's not separate from the political life because it's still, you know, me. But it, I don't have to give up all my possessions. You know, go join some ashram in the middle of Minnesota where we all meditate and do all sorts of drugs and learn about, oh, this is what the great uh, Amadeo Bordiga said to us. <laughs> That's good to hear. I remember I was speaking to one young person who's actually, both you and I know them, but I won't mention their name here on the podcast. They had a bad experience with the the person who was leading it was, you know, constantly texting them and like very overbearing and stuff like that. So I know the story you're talking about exactly. And if I recall correctly, hasn't the uh, local branch of the people that they were involved with denounced them publicly as a counter-revolutionary? What about uh, your life outside of politics? Maybe TV shows? Are you reading fiction or do you play video games or stuff like that? I'm bad at video games, but I do enjoy playing them. I've been playing a lot of Tony Hawk's Underground Pro, which is a full conversion mod for the PC version of Tony Hawk's Underground 2. The multiplayer experience is objectively the chillest thing I've ever been involved with. Everyone's really cool. I've actually like made friends on Discord through Tony Hawk's <laughs> little mod there. 
yeah, when it comes to like TV shows and stuff, I've always been really into animation ever since I was a little kid. I completely blame Avatar The Last Airbender for being like an animated show with like depth. Because ever since then, if there's like a show with a story, I'm all over that. There is also an election coming up. Where do you fall along this spectrum of electoralism versus direct action versus rank and file organizing? Do you vote? Uh, I show up and I get the sticker so that people won't be mad at me for not voting. At this point, if you give me money, I will vote for whoever you want. You know, like if you want to vote for Biden, pay me. It'll be like voting twice. I think that we might see a loss of faith in the Democratic Party. Hopefully, fingers crossed for that one. You know, before this all started, France in December had a general strike. And there have been subsequent strikes all over, which kind of follow in those footsteps, but also follow in the footsteps of the general misery of the working class, which has been brought on by the coronavirus. So we're seeing a combative... Uh, sentiment, a combative mood. So I think we will see, and this is fingers crossed really, an increase in class struggle. I think we're going to see class lines be drawn in the sand once again. And the Black Lives Matter movement is really, I think it could be one of the things in this early period here, which makes or breaks it. Only because when you organize only on the question of race, you will not get far. It's, it's good to recall Bordiga's position on fascism, that the, the worst result of fascism is anti-fascism. And he only said this not because he was a fascist, but because anti-fascism in and of itself, you know, it couldn't get that far. It was a movement which did not go to the root of fascism and thus could not truly eliminate fascism. It's not enough to be anti-racist. The only way in which these questions will be addressed is through class struggle. And I think the Black Lives Matter movement right now is going to really make or break that. I think a divided class can never revolt. We'll either see a revival of anti-racism from the class perspective of wanting to abolish race altogether, or we will see the victory of a racialized perspective which does not serve real emancipation. There's a video on my Instagram. I went, uh, me and my friend went shooting uh, at a gun range. I, I, I took a few shots and I turned to the camera and I go, did you know that Jeff Bezos has enough money to end world hunger and not change his lifestyle whatsoever? Interesting. <laughs>